Locked and Down, The Reset with Cindy Paluta is brought to you by Salal. Mind, body, Salal. 702 presents Locked and Down podcast. The Reset with Cindy Paluta. Welcome, everyone, to another episode, Locked and Down, The Reset. I'm Cindy Paluta. Thank you so much for listening in today. For those who are new here, The Reset is a short series following on from the original 21-episode Locked and Down, recorded during those very early days of a very hard lockdown. A lot has changed since then, and it's time for us to reset and move on, or not, depending on how you're coping. Many people I speak to are dealing with anxiety at different levels or in different forms. I recently attended a work function. There were easily over 500 people there. Every second person I spoke to was dealing with some sort of anxiety of being out, of how they looked, of what they were wearing. They didn't know what to say, ways to get home. The list goes on. And that was just one evening. From one day to the next, we were taken out of a full lockdown, this beautiful lull, and thrust into the real world, forced to go back to the frantic race of life before COVID with no warm-up exercises and no stretching and no breathing techniques. But to what degree is this all actually healthy for us? And is it sustainable? So today I'm joined by Kalinda Linda, who's a clinical psychologist to help us unpack all this anxiety. And it's hard to find someone at the moment not dealing with some sort of post-COVID anxiety or insecurity. It's like it's in the back of our minds and there's some worries and concerns. So Kalinda, you have years and years of experience. And I'm sure this is something that you're hearing on a daily basis in your practice. Absolutely. And you said all the right words. So I loved you had me at reset. I was yes, <laughs> yes, it's time. It's time. Because, you know, we had the shock of 2020. We had 2021, all the fatigues. And this year is a bit of a fruit salad. And when I say that, I what I mean that. is, and I think for, for me, for most people I talk to, anxiety is a big one. Mm. But we also have these moments of anger. And then we have this despair and a little bit of hope. And then the weather is good. And then, you know, maybe we have the dreaded load shedding or something, just a little thing. And then we're back with the anxiety. So I think you're 100%. We're not built for this much change. So a lot of the anxiety we see now is situational, more than what I'd call clinical. So for example, situation would be like you go out and you've forgotten how to socialize almost. And now you start to feel inadequate. Yeah. And then you think everybody's watching you and thinks, you know, yeah. they're judging you. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you look at what they call the great disruptors, so the hybrid workplace, everyone coming back out of hiding and out of tracksuits and all the rest or not. Um, so, <laughs> so that is the second disruptor. So the first big disruptor, and exactly you said it, there was no rehearsal. There was just an overnight lockdown. Nobody had heard about lockdown outside of a prison context. Exactly. And suddenly we were it and we didn't know when it would end. And then we just got cozy with that, you know, had our ourselves all set up nicely and then we had to go hybrid what is that so how do you drive how do you traffic how do you social and it's exactly what you say so even if you were the wildest extrovert and you were on chat groups and all sorts now it's humans so what I've seen are two trends so the extroverts are loving it as in humans and there's just very little work getting done because it's peopling and the introverts are kind of like rabbits in headlights you want me to what I don't know how to do this anymore and Mm. having to dust off these skills. And either way, I mean, we we haven't done this in-person stuff. You know, you and I met on Zoom and here we are in person. Right. So, you know, how do we social again? How do we people again? What's the polite thing again? Do we shake hands? Do we hug? Do we like just nod? Do we elbow? What do we do? 
And that's just the intro. Yeah. Now we're getting to the actual interaction. How do we do that again? Mm. And actually even just leaving the house to go to a social function, I think, can be very daunting for some people. They're just Mm. like, hang on a second, guys. A, I don't want to go out anymore. Mm. And Mm. B, like, what do I do when I get there? It can be extremely frightening and create anxiety. So, you know, the the situational anxiety is different than the clinical anxiety. So if, if, say, we take the most common anxiety generalized. So before COVID, the numbers were about 3 to 8% of the population. Mm. You know, that's about 240 million minimum, at least, in an episode. And that's where you have this clinical level of worry and that fight or flight and all of those. But the situational is exactly this, which is, I don't know how to do this anymore. Mm. And I'm overwhelmed. And I don't think I can do more change. And when is it December? You know, so it's more about the actual situations we're finding ourselves in. And, you know, we don't like change unless we're the ones doing it, typically. You know, even people who normally love roller coasters, this is a bit much. (laughs) And it's big change after big change. So, yeah, I I think it is quite tricky. You know, how do we do this again? A lot of people lost employment, you know, mm. were retrenched and some have been able to pick themselves up and carry on. But living with the anxiety of what if I lose my job again mm. or what if I lose this job or what if my business closes? Yeah. Or what is the next pandemic? These are new anxieties. You know, yes, we've lost people before. Yes, there have been global things before. South Africans are resilient because there's a lot that goes on. But even for us, I think this was a lot. And it's, you know, when, say, you've had something bad happen in your life and you can write it off as an anomaly, you can actually get past it at some point. Mm. But when that thing happens again, and, you know, we had one thing after the next. So it wasn't just, okay, there's one lockdown and now we just carry on. So we had these waves and everybody knows someone who died. Somebody young, somebody who didn't have comorbidities. Mm. I mean, I've got a list already of of people I could cite. So we're not prepared for that. So we've now got new fears that we didn't know we should have before now. And it's exactly that, that, you know, the travel industry, this is South Africa, everybody loves coming here. But that was one that was hit. Or hospitality, you know, we like to socialize and go out, but that was hit. Mm. If you think about any service kind of oriented industry, that would have been hit. So some industries are very active, like mine, and finally the legal industry. So we're all tired, but we daren't complain because we have jobs. And then there are others that are just sitting desperately wanting to work. And it's exactly what you say, that if they've got themselves going again, there is that specter in the back. So what I'm really going to say is if we're pasting or futuring, we can a little bit because mm. obviously we have to look to the future and try and look at how can I pivot? What skills have I got? Do I have a backup? Do I have a buffer? So that would be great if you can. But if you get lost there, mm. you know, we all take out insurance, but you're not taking out your policy every day reading it, hopefully. <laughs> so you take it out. So you plan, you pivot, and then you put it down and then you get on with living now. Mm. And I know it's a tall order, but that that's pretty much the remedy. Same with the past. You know, did you learn from the past or are you living in the past? Well, then what's happening to you now? Mm. You know, you're not here now. So it's it's quite a balancing act, easy to say. And it, it just needs a bit of effort, really. We've learned, if anything, from COVID that everything can be taken away from you in just yeah. the blink of an eye. And you actually yeah. don't know who yeah. it's going to happen to you or what's going to happen. And we aim for positive change. But it's also difficult because some of us are still living in that fear that mm. it all can be taken mm. away in the blink of an eye. And it's hard to get past that yeah. fear. 
Yeah, I think that's the majority, actually. You know, just it's maybe some people are in it once or twice a day, and then others are in it for most of the day. And then it starts to become clinical anxiety. And, you know, it's you, me, everybody. We're in exactly the same situation. So I know people said we're in the same boat, but I think we're more in the same sea. And, you know, maybe some boats are a little bit more seaworthy at Mm. the moment than not. So it takes discipline. You know, I'm having to do that myself, that when my mind starts going into these negative neighborhoods, I'm kind of, oh, oh, come back, come back. So somebody told me this once that uh, when a plane goes on an auto pilot it kind of drifts off course and then it comes back drifts off and comes back so i've probably just made a whole lot of people really anxious about (laughs) flying but um we need to have a direction okay i'm trying to move forward and i'm going to try and make this matter as much as i can what did i learn about me what did i learn that wasn't great what did i learn that surprised me i was resilient a different skill set where could i pivot who was my support so it's looking at it like that and then when your mind is drifting to where it's really not functional we all have that internal autopilot Mm. you've got to just go yank get it back there get it back there and my husband always says this he says if you haven't solved the world's problems in 20 minutes go wash the dishes and why he says that is because it's a pattern interrupt and and i think it's so true you know that if you in the spiral thinking 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 go and do something Mm -hmm. functional make a cup of tea wash the dishes pull some weeds out in the garden you know something practical to interrupt otherwise you're going to have a difficulty what you're touching on is self-awareness and a lot of people still have you know need to learn that it's actually about realizing i'm feeling this way and when i feel this way it's because of x y z and it's about just being self-aware and seeing what it is that triggers you and Mm -hmm. what it is that's causing that but i think for many people the anxiety comes from the loss after a loved one yeah and some people lost people that are very close to them and some people themselves ended up in ICU mm. and almost died mm. as a result of COVID. Mm. And they're still living with that fear and that anxiety mm. of getting sick again or losing someone again. I'm seeing a lot of that. You know, before COVID, we did have health anxiety. And you can think of it as sitting halfway between generalized anxiety where you worry, but about a lot of different things. And then OCD on the other side where you, you start doing compulsions and checking and reassurance seeking. And I often like to think of health anxiety as a bit of both. So um, some people will find that they're going much more into Dr. Google or they're going to actual human doctors or, you know, looking for reassurance a lot more. Yes. And then um, others are, are more just stuck in that internal worry. What if, what if, what if? Because everybody's baseline anxiety has gone up. Mm. Now, I want to pick up on something you said, which I like, which is all emotions are there to give you a message. That's their function. So, you know, some emotions we like better than others. But at the end of the day, they, they all exist to tell you something. So anxiety, what's the message? It's saying there could be a threat. Yeah. So then what do you do with the message? You basically look at where is the threat and you reality test. And, of course, with health anxiety People are going too far. So no matter how much they get reassured, they, they still feel, bit, but they could be, but what if? And that's obviously when it's getting clinical and then they do need to see a professional. But even with sadness, you know, sadness gets a bad rap. Think of that movie Inside Out where sadness was, you know, dealt with mm. like we should be, which is things are often bittersweet. Yes, you can rise above a loss and maybe that person says move on. Sure, you can do all of that. But if it's an off time, sudden, out of the blue, not prepared for loss, you're going to be sad and scared. Mm. So the scared part is the threat part. And the sad part, what is sadness telling us? It's saying I've been hurt. Yeah. So what should you do with that? Regroup, 
you know, get a bit of support, a bit of self-care, some comfort. So I like that you brought that up because all emotions have a function, absolutely. Even anger, you know, all of them, they've all got a function and we need to be cognizant of that and working with that. I think in society, as you say, sadness gets such a bad rap because we're living, I feel, in a time where we're supposed to be happy all the time Mm. and find joy and joy, 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 joy. Well, I hate to tell you, you can't find joy unless you've experienced sadness. And sometimes you have to sit in that moment and feel that moment and try and just say, why am I feeling this way? Just as long as you don't get stuck in that sadness. You know, um, I always believe middle way. So if you can think about emotion like a wave, this wave comes and it delivers a message and then you should let the wave go, which is what we don't do. Then we kind of hang out with the wave in the emotion. So there's a time to surf the wave and there's a time to actually just pull back a bit and get some support. So it, it is really a combination of that. And it's, it's what you said earlier, self-awareness. We all have capacity. So I'm working a lot of that at the practice with myself. I always have that some days I know today I'm just going to avoid the situation because I do not have the capacity. Yep. And then when I've regrouped a bit, usually after I've slept, meditated or exercised, then um, usually my capacity is built again. And then, okay, I think I can surf. Yeah. And that's where things like meditation, mindfulness are very helpful. But it doesn't have to be fancy, you know, use whatever spiritual practice you have. And if you don't have one, you can just sit with it because mm. it's going to change. You know, there's no such thing as a solid fixed emotion. Mm. It's like the weather. Every storm runs out of rain. You know, True. every rainbow ends. So True. if we could just surf with that impermanence, I think we'd, we'd feel a lot better. Still to come on Locked and Down, The Reset, Kalinda will be highlighting basic steps and tools we can use to get through our anxiety. I bet you never knew breathing and our style of everyday breath could be the answer. It's said that health is wealth, and in the pursuit of wellness, many are looking beyond medicines that manage symptoms and choosing supplements that can provide real health solutions in support of more holistic lifestyles. Salal offers a comprehensive range that combines micronutrients with concentrated plant extracts. Only the highest quality ingredients to nourish your body and mind with essential vitamins for overall health. Mind. Body. Salal. Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset. With Cindy Paluta. So I asked my community on social media about life in post-COVID world and I, we're using the hashtag The Reset. And the most common response was fear of the unknown. Mm. So just like COVID took us all by surprise, what could be next is also sitting on mm-hmm. people's minds. And how do we get over that feeling of like that thing that could be lurking? Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because I, I think that's exactly why we're so anxious. Because if you want to make someone anxious give them uncertainty. So the analogy I always use is imagine you're watching a horror movie, not that I do, but say you did, and you don't know what the monster is, and you don't know what it looks like, and you don't know what it can do. You don't know if it's got friends you can come with. You have no idea. Okay, so you're watching this horror movie. The most effective, terrifying movies are the ones where you never actually see the monster. True. Where the ones where it's kind of all out there, full frontal from the beginning, on the billboards, and you see the CGI and the making of and whatever. Those are not so scary because when you see it, yeah, you'll jump, but you'll kind of be remembering all that Mm. other stuff. So why am I saying that? Because we have no clue. We actually don't. And I think in many ways we want to work that. We can't control it. And, you know, life or death is not really up to us. If someone's spiritual, well, then you know it's up to someone else. And if you're not, well, it's still not up to you. So the only thing you've got really is now. 
if you think about it. So sure, make some plans for the future, learn from the past, make it matter. And I know it seems very simplistic, but there is no other way. So uncertainty is all about future fear. What's going to happen? How will I deal with it? So sure, spend a little bit of time preparing, but probably the best way to do it is self-awareness, getting yourself sorted out. So making sure those basic, basic things, you know, are you connecting with people? Are you exercising 20, 30 minutes a day if you can, three times a week if you can't? You know, are you drinking enough water? I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's that small, basic, micro stuff. Um, you know, are you reality testing? And are you doing some time out, prayer, journal, meditating, whatever? Are you getting at least seven hours a night of sleep? And I know people roll their eyes when I say that, but it changes the game. So if you can get those basic, basic minimums, you're actually going to feel readier to face the day and whatever fears come. But if you're exhausted, you're sleep deprived, you're dehydrated, you're unfit, you're not self-aware, you don't have a social connection. I mean, how are you going to go to war if something comes? Yeah. So, you know, those basic, basic things, I think that that's been a wake-up call because a lot of us, let's face it, we were just living on the edge. No, we, were. we were. And I think as humans, we like to think that we are in control of everything. I mean, even if you're the most disorganized person, you still know that you wake up and you do this and you do that and you're free to come and go as you want and you're in control of your own life. And I mm. think it's mm. in many ways, people were feeling powerless and have low motivation. Yeah. You know, we do it the wrong way around because we want to control the stuff we can't, which is life and death and the future and change the past. Well, that would be nice, but no, we can't do that. We think we can, but we can't because moment by moment stuff's materializing anyway. So we can't control it. Okay. So where do we put our energy in all the stuff we can't control? The past, <laughs> the future and other people and that goes into extreme territories. And where do we not put the energy? The thing that we could control, which is my own reactions in the moment. You know, so it's completely the wrong way around. So yeah. I spend every day at the practice telling people exactly this. So I'm, I'm going to give you one trick. Okay, good. Because my very next question was going to be, what are your tips and tools uh -huh. for dealing with stress and anxiety? Right. So we have that washing the dishes one. And so that's micro tasks that helps. Any task that's got a beginning, a middle and an end, that's short, you know, cup of tea, dishes, anything like that. So now um, is not the time to like, oh, I'm going to go redo that cupboard that I haven't touched in 14 years because you're not going to finish it. And That's it's going to cre create more problems yeah. in your head. Yeah. So the dishes are great. Any micro, micro, yes. Yeah. It's got to be really small. And if you feel I can't do all the dishes, well, do some of them. Yes. You know, so micro, something that fits into five, 10 minutes. That's one. The next one is uh, what I, I want everybody to take home from this is thoughts will expand. So here's a visual image. So here's some water and you drop a water drop in there. What happens? Ripples because thoughts expand. Okay. So you've got an option. And let's be honest. What are we expanding? We're expanding what's missing, lacking or what's wrong. If only and why and if I had this and why that, coulda, woulda, shoulda. So we're expanding that stuff, okay? That leads to stress, anxiety, depression, bad mood, frustration, all that. So we cannot stop thoughts from expanding, but we can control what we put in to expand. So if we stop expanding what's wrong or missing, and instead we expand what's already there, so you can think of that as gratitude, I guess, and what's going right. Okay, so this is what's going right. This is what I learned. This is what I'm doing. This is my plan. Just that simple shift in terms of the input of what you're putting in, because expanding is going to happen no matter what you do. So I just think 
be careful what you're expanding. So what you're saying is as soon as the negative thought and the panic thought and the thought yeah. that you know is going to stress you out enters your mind, mm. try and distract your brain yes. to think of something yeah. to counteract that. Well, you could, exactly. So if you pick up that you're expanding anxiety, it could be, oh, emotion. Yes, I've, I'm going to expand some knowledge, which is, okay, there could be a threat. Let's sort out the threat. Let's reality test. So basically, in simple terms, you could think, am I expanding the problem or am I expanding the solution? Okay, so, so am I making this bigger than it needs to be yeah. or am I trying to actually just cut reality it short? Test, yeah. yeah, and take action. Okay, so that's another one. And then breathing. So there are so many breathing meditations. I was going to say, but I breathe anyway. Yeah. Like I'm breathing now. But are Kalinda? we mindful that we're breathing? <laughs> like are I'm breathing right now. What do you say? <laughs> well, well, a very, very simple trick would be the diaphragmatic breathing where you actually, the bottom of your lungs sit on your diaphragm. So when you breathe, you can think of it as stomach breathing. So everybody can actually do this. So I'm going to demonstrate it, but people at home can do this for themselves. Okay. So I'm going to do this with you. Okay. One hand on your chest. On your actual chest, yeah. okay. One hand on your stomach. Relax your shoulders. And then since no one can see each other's stomachs, unleash it. <sighs> Just let it out. Okay. Now we're going to exhale, but we're going to pull our belly button in. So as we breathe out through the mouth. Okay. Pull your belly button in. <laughs> okay, pause. And then we're going to breathe in as if we're blowing up a balloon in the stomach. So breathe in through your nose. And blow up a balloon in your stomach, expand your stomach and pause. Then exhale, deflate the balloon, pause, inhale, inflate the balloon. And now we can just get into a rhythm. So just while I'm speaking and talking about it, just carry on with where you slowly are inflating and deflating a balloon in your stomach. Keep your chest relaxed, keep your shoulders relaxed. And so you can just imagine that you're inflating and deflating this balloon in your stomach very slowly and gently. And just get into a rhythm. When we're not thinking about it too much, it gets easier. So we're inflating and deflating very slowly a balloon in your stomach. And you just carry on doing that. And when we're not thinking about it too much, we'll get into a rhythm. So we're keeping the chest nice and relaxed on top. And then it's the stomach and the solar plexus that's doing the movement. Like when a baby breathes, they breathe with their tummies. So we, we need to try and get into that. Animals do it, babies do it. When we're sleeping, we're actually breathing much more with the diaphragm. So just always remember you slowly inflating and deflating the balloon in the stomach. Are we doing this when we feel like we're getting anxious or are we doing this daily? I would do it all the time. As you said, we're breathing. You know, we may as well. I mean, you know, we're always sitting somewhere in traffic or somewhere waiting. You know, we're always sitting with dead time. And obviously, you're not going to put your hands on your stomach and your chest, perhaps in the queue. Don't do that. So practice this at home when you're lying on your couch. Mm. And even if you put both hands on your stomach and you just feel this gentle inflate and deflate and it, it's really very relaxing and what it does is within about two minutes it signals the brain all is well so okay. there are many many breathing meditations that you can do you can even if you feel like no that's too much pt just become curious about your breath i mean you have your breath you mm. know so even right now while we're speaking as you're breathing in the air is slightly cooler and when you breathe out, it's slightly warmer. This is true. And when you breathe in, it comes in at a slightly different part of the nostril. 
from where it goes out. I've never noticed until you've yeah. just said that. And so we can just get curious because no breath will ever be the same as the next. And it's quite fun. Ooh, what kind of breathing am I doing? And if you're really paying attention, you might discover you're breathing a little bit more strongly in the left or the right. And as it starts to settle, you'll feel it'll become much more even. But just become curious about the breath without doing anything with it. Just becoming curious. Now, in that moment, the, these last 15 seconds, were you thinking anything else? Not no. so much. <laughs> yeah. I actually felt my shoulders drop a bit. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, my, yeah. I, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're naturally stressed, you're, you, you tend to, your shoulders tend to go up by your ears. Exactly. So they the breathing do. actually does do. force you to just to come down a bit. Yeah. Sure. This has really been an insightful time spent with you. Do you have any free tools or websites or anything? That for stress and anxiety. Right, right. So there are two. So the one, disclaimer, which is my creation, is called thoughtsfirst.com. Thoughtsfirst.com. Because I believe your thoughts are what direct your feelings and your actions. And there's a lot of free things there on different kinds of anxiety, stress, social anxiety, generalized anxiety. And then, of course, SADAG. You know, and I don't just say this because I'm on the board. I've been involved with SADAC for ages and um, there are wonderful videos on panic and depression. And we recently did a mindfulness one. There's a Mindful Monday. It's still on the Facebook page, the recording. Um, so there are many, many free resources. And of course, there are counselors waiting to speak to you. Mm. There's a suicide line. And there are also support groups all over the country. So please, please do reach out. And, you know, you can phone anonymously. Maybe you're just having a bad time. Maybe you want to speak through, well, the stress, anxiety thing with someone, maybe not your family. So that's what the counselors are there for. So there's that. And then, of course, there's Lifeline. And with Lifeline, the proportions are much more about listening. So SADAG is, is more active, you know, problem solving and referring where sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you just want a kind person on the other end who's actually listening. So that's available as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. It's been such a time. pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. And if you do find yourself in despair, remember, as we said, as Kalinda said, SADAC is here to help their contact details 0800 456 789. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on Twitter using the hashtag The Reset. Let me know what you're thinking or if there's any topic you would love us to discuss. From me, Cindy Paluta, thank you so much for giving me your time. And remember, be kind to yourself. 702 presents Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset. With Cindy Paluta. Locked and Down The Reset with Cindy Paluta was brought to you by Salel. Mind, body, Salel.